Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Larry Goldman, Chief Analyst at Analysis Mason. Today, I'm talking with Research Director Rupert Wood about fiber technology trends for network operators. Uh, Rupert leads our fiber research program and is speaking at a plenary session of the FTTH Conference 2022 that will be happening on May 24th in Vienna. Uh, Rupert's presentation and our discussion today is based on some recent research he's published. There's a link to this research in the podcast show notes. So, uh, Rupert, let's start off. Um, what's your forecast uh, for the world getting to uh, uh, full fiber access? Well, on a global basis, uh, analysis basin forecasts 62% full fiber. That's, we can call it FTTH, FTTP, whatever, but full fiber coverage by 2027. But to break that down a bit more, I think in developed markets, the longer term prognosis, you know, perhaps beyond 2027 is more or less ubiquity, certainly high 90s percent. Uh, it's when rather than if. I think if you look over the last 15 years, operators and broader industry view on what proportion of premises are not commercially viable for FTTH or perhaps sensible recipients of state aid, that, that proportion has continued to shrink. And if you extrapolate that trend, it tends towards zero. But then um, one of the less reported aspects of telecoms is the tremendous organic growth in FTTH in emerging economies. The capex to ARPU ratio there is often better in cities in emerging markets than in, in richer countries. And serving mobile centric and capacity constrained populations with a, an affordable form of access that allows perhaps a 50 fold change in data consumption makes sense both as a growth strategy within fixed telecoms and as a means of preserving the value of mobile networks. You know, that's a that's a big uh, change and a big growth in consumption. So what's drive what's driving the investment push around this? Well, I think in, you know, focusing on the uh, developed economies, um, I think it's confidence on the demand side um, and confidence of, that the cost side is manageable and, and therefore confidence in long term returns. Um, I think that there's also that confidence that FTTH, and this has perhaps been a doubt over over you know going back 10, 15 years, that you know that that fixed networks are potentially substitutable by mobile, and I think there's a confidence now that that's not going to happen, and therefore the the infrastructure that's the the FTTH infrastructure has a a, a particularly long asset life. You know, it's a 30-year infrastructure investment, not a generational technology investment. And, you know, more recently, obviously, I think COVID reinforced the enduring value of, of fixed access as fixed traffic growth actually overtook mobile traffic growth uh, during during the pandemic. And, and that actually just shows few signs of a of abating. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of external investment. It's not just the telcos themselves, it's infrastructure funds, and they've needed new projects. Uh, and I think building and selling FTTH, especially as a net co, selling simple access, uh, rather than being a surf co, is relatively easy to understand. And uh, also, I think it's a, it, as a green technology, uh, it, that that certainly helps the the investment case. Now, I think, you know, it, it's true that the intensity of infrastructure competition means all of this has had to be built quickly, um, not necessarily with centralised planning. And that means there will be consolidation. And, uh, you know, we do expect some casualties. Well, we're we're focused here very much on uh, full fiber fiber to the home. Uh, but are there are there viable alternatives for this from cable or from continued use of copper, mobile networks, or or even from satellite? 
Yeah, well, that's that's a big question. And I, I think it depends what you mean by viable. Um, if you mean giving households and businesses a what we call a comfort speed, that is, you know, enough bandwidth to do what um, households or businesses want to do more or less unimpeded, then yes, there are viable alternatives for a few years, certainly cable and 5G fixed wireless could, and even FTTC VDSL is, is fine for quite a few users for a year or two yet. But if you mean by viable keeping up with customer expectations of speed, which is, a, I think, is a different thing, then perhaps, yes, for a while, maybe from HFC DOCSIS, DOCSIS 4 will take us towards multi-gig. But if you mean viable from the point of view of long-term costs and readiness for new use cases, and therefore of being competitive, then probably not. We think just like copper, cable will have to upgrade. Uh, FTTH OPEX is significantly lower than any other wired or wireless infrastructure. Mobile operators can fill some otherwise unusable capacity with fixed wireless access, but to be truly mass market challenger and not to overload the mobile network, a whole new and very heavy tranche of CapEx will be required to densify and upgrade 5G networks. And those upgrades wouldn't really be justified by mobile traffic demands alone. Uh, I think you mentioned satellite there in that list. Um, Well, I think there are plenty of much better use cases for LEOs than fixed broadband. Although the fact is, the fact that it is a a sunk cost uh, will boost the economics for very hard to reach premises, but I I, I suspect it will remain very niche. So just focusing in on fiber here, there are new fiber access technologies that promise even higher capacity. Does that mean operators are going to need to replace the GPON they're now deploying? Yeah, well, they're already doing so, and mostly to XGS PON, that's a 10 gig symmetrical uh, technology. And sometimes also in readiness for sub for a subsequent generation, even after that. And I think you know uh, the the bulk of new fiber infrastructure providers are going straight to ten gig access. Now there there is some long term capex avoidance there, but um, you, you know you, you could make a convoluted argument for timing of upgrades based on forecasts of increased customer traffic, which we think is now growing is likely to grow at about twenty five thirty percent per annum. And who knows, it, you know, the, the metaverse or Web3 or uh, or mobile uh, X-Hall might throw up some new and ultra demanding use cases involving either ultra low latency or ultra high bandwidth. But I think that argument also is a kind of intellectual reverse engineering for upgrades. The, the stark reality is that the incremental cost of capacity is plummeting. And competitive markets ramp up end user and, I think importantly, full buyer expectations of speed. So, Rupert, this uh, discussion we're having and your presentation at the conference is all based on a lot of research you've done. And I noted in the research that operators say uh, they can uh, reduce uh, access network OPEX by 50% when we're replacing copper with fiber. And, and this turns into a very big number, doesn't it? Uh, so an operator with, say, a billion dollars in fixed access revenue, and there are a great many of those globally, they could save two or three hundred million dollars a year. Is that realistic? Well, that 50 percent reduction is the reduction in network OPEX only. And it's what operators are saying. Uh, it's mostly a matter of maintenance costs, troubleshooting costs and energy costs. And we reckon that translates into something between 30 and 50 euros per year savings per premises pass to be made. Um, 
and, and you might be looking at 20 to 30 percent total OPEX savings if you exclude any additional savings you might make in terms of non-network OPEX from FTTH. Um, and now the bulk of those savings come from a 50 to 70 percent reduction in faults and maintenance. Uh, energy cost saving is a is a much smaller amount, although FTTH is vastly more energy efficient than copper cable or, or 5G. Um, Energy costs are important despite their size, one, because carbon emissions are, and secondly, because currently, and for the foreseeable future, energy prices are likely to be volatile. Now, it has to be said, you know, how realistic are these savings? Many of these OPEX savings are dependent on commissioning copper-based technologies, or copper itself, and exchange buildings. Now, those could could raise more money just as, as scrap value or sale value, and, and, but, you know, that decommissioning process will take time. But all of this shouldn't distract from the fact that fibre access infrastructure radically changes a cost base in a way that's unique. And uh, as capacity upgrades are affected, uh, technologies like DOCSIS and 5G fixed wireless access can require more active parts, more nodes, more complexity. And unlike 5G, FTTH isn't just more efficient per byte, uh, which turns out to be a rather fancy way of saying it actually costs, it's actually higher cost. It is simply lower cost. Going to fiber is, it can fundamentally uh, reduce cost. It doesn't do it all by itself. You know many things that have to be done, but it gives this underpinning, gives this fundamental opportunity yeah, yeah. Uh, to reduce cost. And those costs are very significant. So I think that's a really important part of, of the research is really part, part of the message uh, that we have here. So any final thoughts for leading into this uh, FTTH conference? Well, I think, you know, you know, we've spent many years looking at whether FTTH is the right way forward. And I think, you know, operators do have to, operators, fixed operators of all kinds have to have to think, where do we need to be to be competitive and relevant by the end of this decade? And I think that's becoming clear. It, it, it just has to be FTTH or overwhelmingly FTTH. So you might say, well, well, where are the questions? Where are the uncertainties now? Now I think actually what the where the uncertainties are is first how you get there most efficiently, and that's a that's a balance of business model choice of regulation, which you know is is is, is an externality and, and technology choice, and it's also um, the other fundamental uncertainty is how once you've got there. Do you best exploit the assets longer term? Um, you know, how do you ready yourself for potentially new business cases for fundamental shifts in demand and so forth? And I think those are the that's actually probably more of a software layer, and 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 that's actually uh, those are becoming the sort of more the the the, compa the compelling and important questions going forward. But thanks for this, Rupert. Uh, I hope many people will be able to join you at the FTTH conference on May twenty fourth in Vienna. Also, I'll note that our analysis Mason colleagues, uh, Harold Viam Lee and Frank Chevalier will also be presenting at the Vienna conference and our research colleague, Stephen Wilson is also attending. Rupert, I know that you've published research on wholesale platforms for fiber access. Uh, that's a really very, very interesting area. We didn't cover it today, but let's cover that in another podcast uh, in a few weeks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, uh, there is a link in the podcast show notes to some commentary related to this podcast. 
And I hope you will join us again soon for the Analysis Mason podcast. 